Good evening, Hampton Roads in Northern North Carolina. Welcome to this December 11th, 2018 episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. You're tuned in to WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. I am your host, Bishop Hodges. This is the radio broadcast where we break down and discuss the dynamics of marriage and family relationships. For your information, God designed and instituted marriage and the family to build society on. Unfortunately, sin entered the picture and warped God's original design. The mission of Marriage and Family Clinic is to restore, build, strengthen, and perfect marriage and family relationships. You know, last week we started a series dealing with the parent-child relationship. And we're going into part two of this series to continue discussing the full gamut of the relationships that exist between parents and children. Now, when we talk about the parent-child relationship, I want you to do yourself a favor and don't only think of children as toddlers or youth or infants because we intend to cover the parent-child relationship dealing with parents and their sons and daughters from infancy on up through adulthood. And as I said on last week, I don't know of any better guide to loving and rearing children and giving children the best shot at helping them become prosperous, productive, God-fearing adults than the Bible, the Word of God. That is just the best source of guide and loving and rearing children in the world. So I'm going to use several scriptures during this series that I believe apply to this particular subject. And uh, I just want you to know that I'll be using the message version of the Bible just in case anything sound a little bit uncommon. You know, way back when I first began pastoring some 20-something years ago, one of my ministers was teaching or ministering the Word, and he said something that has stuck with me ever since. He said, if you don't know the purpose of a thing, you're bound to abuse it. And well, I contend where uh, parent-child relationship relationships are concerned that not knowing the purpose of the parent-child relationship leads to parents abusing children and children abusing parents. So let's get going and hopefully set some things straight here. Before we recap last week's discussion, I want to cover a few points that we didn't get to last week. And covering them now will help us make sure we keep moving in this series because I believe that we're going to give you some good information. What we have here is really solid to present to you. And this info is going to be solid enough that going through it, some parts will be good enough to get bogged down at any given point. And we won't be able to get through it. But believe me, if we need to pause and camp out at one point or another, we'll definitely be able to do that. Last week we covered the nature of children and we began to talk about the parents' responsibilities. And I want to take up where we left off last week, beginning with parents' responsibilities. And when it comes to parents' responsibilities, parents, one of your major responsibilities is to validate your child's emotions. Let me say that again. A major parental responsibility is to validate your child's emotions. So many of us have issues as adults because of emotional experiences and impacts from those emotional experiences extending back to our childhood. The things that we went through as children, we weren't, weren't able to process and we were left with, you've heard me use this term plenty of times before and I'll continue to use it. We were left with that excess emotional energy. 
And a part of that is that our emotions were not validated. So as adults, we grow up with emotional baggage. Let me unpack that. Parents, you're responsible to validate your children's emotions. A person who doesn't learn to handle their emotions remains in a perpetual childlike state. A person who doesn't master their appetites will bring themselves to ruin. And one way you can help your child to mature is to validate their emotions. Take the time, listen to what I'm saying here, take the time to walk your child through his or her emotional experiences. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by walk them through their emotional experiences? We have the false conception that when our little boys fall and scrape their knees, we're helping them become men when we say things like, don't cry and big boys don't cry and men don't cry and get up and brush yourself off. Stop acting like a girl. You're all right. You know the things we say in those moments. Well, even though we say those things, we're not helping boys become men. That type of interaction doesn't help a boy learn to recognize and deal with his emotions. That type of interaction teaches him to mask his emotions. So he never learns to process or accept his true feelings. I want you to stick with me here now. When we teach things like don't cry and men don't cry, big boys don't cry, stop acting like a little girl, you're teaching him to mask his emotions. You're not teaching him to deal with his emotions. And as a result, he never learns to process or accept his true feelings. And because he never learns to process, he never learns to accept his true feelings, he actually grows to think that his feelings are not valid or worthy because he's always been corrected when he did feel. He learns that my feelings are not good enough and what I'm feeling must not be a worthy or a valid emotion or a worthy or valid feeling because every time I feel what is a natural feeling, I've been corrected. So I've learned to mask my feelings. And you got to understand that crying when you're hurt or or crying when you scrape the skin off of your knee or or expressing sadness at, at at the death of a loved one all of these things are natural feelings they're natural emotions and you need to learn to process them and deal with them in appropriate natural ways and because we don't learn to process and deal with them little boys learn that their feelings are not valid they become convinced that their feelings are not worthy so when they enter relationships, his true feelings are actually a scary thing to deal with. You know, validating his feelings and emotions can be as simple as saying something like, that looks like it really may hurt. In other words, give them the okay to feel. That's what we're saying. Give them the okay to feel. Let them know that it's okay to feel. Help him get used to feeling and putting his feelings into right words so that he doesn't grow up and they don't become the wrong actions later. Let me say that again. Help him get used to feeling and putting his feelings into right words so they don't become wrong actions later. 
And I can't stress that strong enough. Validating a child's feelings can be as simple as, while that looks like it may hurt. Or even a little self-disclosure may come in handy. Let him know, I remember a couple of times when I scraped my knee, or I remember when I broke my arm, or I remember when I had my heart broken. Some self-disclosure would come in handy when it comes to validating your child's emotions, which is a major parental responsibility. Help your children get used to dealing with feelings. Ephesians 6 chapter and verse number 4 says, Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Listen, trying to treat little boys like men forces them into modes that they cannot possibly understand, neither can they possibly live up to them. And I think a great part of our problem in raising boys, we're trying to raise boys, a big part of our problem is that we have men who are trying to lead sons and boys where they haven't been led themselves. Again, Ephesians 6 and 4 says, Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down on them too hard, but take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. And it's hard to lead someone to a place where you haven't been led yourself. And, and I told you, remember now, if we want better children, we need to be better parents. I'm going to continue to say that. So you may as well get used to it. Take them by the hand and lead them. And I told you a good part of this was leading them where they haven't been before. Now, I'm speaking of boys right now because I know men and boys best, but I hope mothers are getting the picture here also because I'm definitely speaking uh, to mothers and fathers. Don't make your children angry without a cause. Fathers, you make a really big mistake when you talk unnecessarily harsh to your sons and your daughters. It's a really big mistake when every mistake is met with, with what seems to be overwhelming force. When every error, every wrong, every inappropriate behavior is met with some inappropriate, extremely harsh, uh, draconian response. It, the response just doesn't fit the behavior. When that's your M.O., when that's the way that you operate, you're going to make your child angry without a cause. Coming down too hard on them for the wrong thing makes our boys and our girls angry and it teaches them to be aggressive. And that's where bullies come from. Every bully can be traced to a bully parent. Almost guaranteed. But coming down too hard, coming down too harsh, the draconian responses to simple wrongs, never giving the child a moment to think, to feel, to speak. It makes our children, our boys and girls angry and teaches them to be aggressive. And you better believe 
That's where bullies come from. So what I'm saying to you as parents, a major responsibility of the parent is to validate your child's emotions. And that means taking them by the hand, illustratively, metaphorically, and walking them through their emotional experiences. And when they have a real life event, give them the okay to feel a real life emotion. Let them know it may hurt now, but you're going to be okay. I remember when I hurt and I became okay. You have to do that. And I want to, I want to take a moment and, and give a few warnings to parents. Parents, if you fail to train, to discipline, to control, to provide for your child, that child is going to bring you pain, suffering, hurt, disappointment, shame, humiliation, and any other negative experience you can name. Children cannot afford to raise themselves. Children cannot be allowed to choose for themselves. They don't have the knowledge or the experience to make wise choices. You cannot afford to allow your two-year-old to choose whether or not he's going to eat the vegetables, to choose what time he's going to bed. You cannot allow your two or three or four or five-year-old to decide how long she's going to watch TV, what TV show she's going to listen to, what music she's going to listen to. You can't afford to allow your child to make those types of choices. They don't have the wisdom to foresee the hurt and the harm they'll do themselves in the long run. And if that's the way you're operating, you're sowing some seeds into your child that's going to bring you a terribly painful harvest. Mamas and daddies understand this. You need to be all up in your children's lives, not bystanders and not passers-by. You need to be all up in your children's lives. And that's the warning I want to give to you. If you fail to train them, fail to discipline them. You don't control them. Don't provide for them. They're going to bring you hurt, pain, suffering, and shame. Your children will bring you shame. Proverbs 29, 15 says a child left to himself brings a mother shame. Your children may bring you grief. Proverbs 17, 25 says a surely stupid child is sheer pain to a father, a bitter pill for a mother. And your child may bring food or uh, your child's foolishness may bring judgment to your house. First Samuel three, after ignoring his son's debauchery for long enough, God said it's time to bring judgment to Eli's house. Eli has ignored his son's debauchery long enough and his family is going to suffer. Listen, you're listening to me tonight on WGPL, 1350 AM. Uh, uh, listen, do me a favor. We're glad to have you listening in. But do me a favor. Communicate with me. Give me some feedback. 
Let me know how we're doing. Let me know if we're saying anything to you, if we're connecting with you. Contact me, email cdhodges at hotmail.com or, or look me up on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. Let me know if we're having an impact. Give me some feedback. I really need to hear from you. You are listening to Marriage and Family Clinic. WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. We're right here every Tuesday evening from 6 to 6.30 p.m. All right. Now we've dealt a little bit with parents' responsibility. Uh, Parents, a good way to see this thing is the good that you see your child becoming, model that good for them. All right. Children's responsibilities. Before I discuss children's responsibilities, let me stress once more, the best chance of a child learning their responsibility is to have parents who live their responsibilities. Remember, if we want better children, we have to be better parents. Now, the children's responsibility are short indeed, a very short list, beginning with obey your parents and honor your parents. Those are the children's responsibilities. Obey your parents and honor your parents. Obeying your parents, Ephesians 6 and 1 says, is the first commandment that God gave with promise. Obey your parents. Now, I've got to get back on you, parents. If you want your children to learn to obey you and grow to honor you, then you have to live a life of integrity, of responsibility, of work, of achievement, that they may obey you and honor you. A life of consistency. And I'll throw in there, children are also responsible to respect their parents. Proverbs 23, 22 says, listen with respect to the father who raised you. And when your mother grows old, don't neglect her. So there you have it. Those are children's responsibility. Obey, honor, and respect parents. And again, if you want your children to obey, honor, and respect you, then you have to live a life that's worthy of obedience, honor, and respect. Your children should see you going to work. Your children should see you obeying the law. Your children should see mamas and daddies uh, 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 displaying a affection one for another. Your children should see you caring for one another, respecting each other. Your children should hear you speak respectably of others. If you grow old and your children don't honor you, it's because you didn't teach them that by being honorable yourself. I know that's heavy. I know it may be difficult to bear, but your children are going to learn what you teach them. And as I said last week, they're going to learn it even when we don't mean to be teaching them. So along with the parental responsibilities of validating your child's emotions, the children's responsibilities are to obey, honor, and respect parents. And parents, combined with your responsibility, (coughs) is the responsibility to live a life that will persuade your children to obey, honor, and respect you. Now, let me recap a little bit from last week. Last week, we started laying a foundation. We covered the nature of children. And when we talk about the nature of children, basically what it means is it's all about what it means to be a child. 
When I say the nature of children, I'm referring to the natural qualities that a child is born with, the innate instincts <coughs> that a child operates by from birth. So when I speak of the nature of children, I'm speaking of what you can expect from a child just because the child is born. Nature is all about the essential innate qualities that come with birth. And here are the essential innate qualities of a child that come with birth. A child is born in sin and his heart, his soul, his mind is filled with foolishness. And, that, and for this reason, this is why it's so important that a child has parents to nurture and train him or her in order to lead them to Jesus and to rid their soul, their mind, their hearts of foolishness. It's bound in them. Proverbs said foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. A child needs a responsible mom and dad modeling appropriate behavior and love in order to help drive the foolishness out of him because foolishness is as much a part of him as walking and talking. All right. And the second essential quality of a child is that this right here, this is the truth I need you to get. And that is the child is a gift from God. Your children are a gift from God. God thought enough of you to trust you with children. Now, I received some feedback last week from a listener who said that this particular truth was a real blessing to them. Your child is a gift from God. And I don't know if you've ever stopped to think about it that way. But if you stop and think about your child being a gift from God, if you allow that truth to permeate your mind, permeate your heart, get all inside your being, you're going to see your child differently. You're going to see the parent-child relationship differently. And you ought to begin to say to yourself right now, my child is a gift from God. When God wanted to bless me, he gave me a child. It's a gift from God, all right? And, and understand, we're going to know our children by their behavior. The one thing that all children have in common is immaturity. And that's what makes a child a child. And this is the reason you can have 30, 40, 50, 60-year-old children. You have 40, 50, and 60-year-old men and women who behave like teenagers, like adolescents, like high schoolers, like middle schoolers, because they never learned to process their emotions. They never matured emotionally, and they remained in that perpetual childlike state that we spoke about earlier. But you know children by their behavior. That's what Proverbs 20:11 says. Even a child is known by his doings, whether his motives are on the up and up, you know. And we began last week, we finished it this week, but we began last week also uh, uh, talking about parental responsibility. And, and again, I have to repeat this when it comes to the parent-child relationship. I'm putting the bulk of the responsibility on the parent. Because remember, Proverbs says that the child should not look after the parent. The parent should look after the child. I'm sorry, not Proverbs, but Ephesians says that. Uh, 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 you want better children, then work on being a better parent. 
You can't expect to lay a lifetime of do's and don'ts on your children and expect them to grow into mature, responsible, contributing adults. Children learn more by what they observe in their parents than by anything else. And that's why it's crucial that parents understand they're responsible to teach their children. Be aware of teachable moments and know most of all that you are teaching your children even when you don't intend to be teaching your children. You must train your children and discipline your children. And, and, and I'll just put these two together because they go hand in hand. Training and discipline, you can't separate the two from each other because the point of discipline is to train the child to take care of himself or herself. I've already told you that foolishness uh, is bound in the heart of the child from birth and parents must train and discipline their children to uproot the foolishness. If you don't do it, the foolishness becomes rooted too deep in the child's soul, in his mind, his will, and his emotions. And then you're looking at a thug. Remember this point and it's going to do you some good. Every act of disobedience should be an uncomfortable experience. Every act of disobedience should be an uncomfortable experience. Let me share an illustration with you. Have you ever noticed that plants always grow toward the sun? Have you ever seen a tree grow and the limbs are bent in a particular way? That's how children grow. Everything grows towards the dominant force in its life. Everything grows towards the dominant force in his life. Plants grow towards the sun. And if you're a parent who's living their responsibility, then your child's going to grow toward that dominant force. But if you're a parent who's living absent their responsibility, the child is going to grow towards that dominant force if you do it the bible way and you know what at the risk of insulting someone even if you don't believe in god you'll find out that the parent-child relationship principles and values taught to us in the book of proverbs still work they still work if you don't discipline and train your child you really don't love your child and as Proverbs 19 and 18 says, you'd better discipline your children while you still have the chance because indulging them destroys them. Proverbs 22 and 6, point your kids in the right direction. When they're old, they won't be lost. Some of you recognize that better from the King James Version. Train up a child in the way that he should go and when he was old, he will not depart from it. Point your kids in the right direction. Again, I've got to lean on parental responsibility. When we say parents point your kids in the right direction, we're assuming parents you know the right direction. And if you come to a place where you just don't know the right direction, if you look in the mirror now and say, I don't know the right direction, then you need to get with somebody. Find you somebody you can trust, somebody who's been there, and have them help you come up with the right direction. Discipline your children while you have the chance. And provide for your children. 
I can't stress this enough. And in my last couple of minutes, I think this is a good place for me to end up. I can't stress this point enough. Parents must provide for their children. Regardless of, of how they got here, regardless of whether or not you wanted them, once you have children, you have to take care of them and provide for them. 1 Timothy 5 and 8 says this, and I paraphrase it. If a man doesn't take care of his own family, his own children, he's worse than an infidel. That means if that person is a believer, they are a faithless believer, they are an unbelieving believer, and worse off than if they didn't believe at all if they have children and don't take care of them. And I stress this, I get a little hot about this because I'm seeing too many men who marry women, have children, leave the mother of their children, and refuse to take care of their own children. Something is truly crooked in the heart if we can have children children and refuse to take care of our own children. I remind you what the word says in 2 Corinthians 12. Children shouldn't have to look out for their parents. Parents, you have the responsibility to look out for your children. Listen, I'm just about out of time here. I really appreciate you joining in with us. You're listening tonight to Marriage and Family Clinic right here at 1350 on your AM dial. That's WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. I am your host, Bishop Hodges. You can communicate with me, and I really hope and pray that you do communicate with me. Let me hear from you. Let me know how we're doing. Let me know if we're saying anything to benefit you. Give me some feedback, please. We need to hear from you. You can reach me by email at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Look me up on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. Again, this is Marriage and Family Clinic. We'll be looking for you next week, next Tuesday, 6 to 6.30 p.m. Right here, WGPL, 1350 a.m. or www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. Until next week, remember, you can't have peace unless you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. This is Bishop Hodges. We'll see you. God bless you.